Hello and welcome to the Golden Wheel Tavern. I am so glad to see your face today because there has been an issue today with spirits. Apparently, someone disturbed a nearby tomb and released a horde of ghosts, specters, shadows, poltergeists, wraiths, and banshees. Unfortunately for business, some of them quite enjoy the worldly pleasures of a nice fire and a cup of ale, but can't exactly pay for their drinks. And they also quite enjoy scaring off the more, let's say, corporeal patrons. I've sent for an acolyte of the church to come down and drive these abominations to my business out. While the person comes might just be a priest, we'll discuss what might be the highest form of devout worshipper, the divine cleric. Clerics are channelers of divine power, conduits for divine magic. This magic, as the name would apply, is imported on a cleric from a god, pantheon, or divine ideal. This power, as one might expect, is not handed out freely to just anyone. Clerics are chosen to wield this power, so they might fulfill a higher calling or destiny. A god can choose a champion to carry their beliefs across the land or protect their followers and imbue that champion with holy and divine powers. These powers granted upon the cleric allow them to help those their god needs them to and drive out evils. A cleric is granted a wide array of healing magics and can also call down powerful magic on the heads of their enemies, even calling down flames from the heavens to smite their foes. Often a cleric is given skill to even handle themselves in a melee fight. Since a cleric is granted these divine powers, rather than gaining them through study or skill, a cleric doesn't necessarily rely on training or technique. While a cleric can learn a few rituals or ancient rites, the defining ability of a cleric is to intuit the wishes of the deity which they serve. It is this ability to understand the deity's wishes that is most likely to make a cleric an adventurer. That is most likely to make a cleric an adventurer as the deity that confers these powers upon the cleric could need the cleric to do something for them. This could be many things, from collecting ancient holy relics deep within temples, to protecting their followers from rampaging orcs, to slaying demons trying to enter the world and bring chaos. Not all priests or acolytes or heads of a church are clerics, of course. A priest can spend their whole life devoutly attending to their god's wishes without ever needing or requiring any sort of holy powers, especially the suite of powerful spells to drive out evil that clerics are blessed with. Clerics are only those that a deity or higher power determines as having a greater destiny. While a priest or acolyte might not be a cleric though, that doesn't mean a cleric is necessarily better than them. A high-ranking priest or bishop to the deity the cleric follows might have the authority to request a cleric's help with an issue or even demand it, as a cleric must follow the wishes of the deity, and if the deity grants the request of the priest or bishop, the cleric must follow. Now that we understand what a cleric is, we'll discuss what powers clerics are granted. Starting off, a cleric is given a d8 for the hit die. As we've previously said, this is the most common hit die and is usually given to classes that can mix it up in combat. Not necessarily pulling the tank roll, but being able to do both long range and melee 
and can do well if they have proper support by their tank. Although they do have a D8 for their hit die, they don't have the best proficiencies for melee combat as they are only proficient in light and medium armor, shields, and simple weapons, meaning they can't put out as much damage typically and may rely on decks to protect themselves. They get proficiency in charisma and wisdom saving throws, and it'll be obvious why they get proficiency in wisdom soon, because clerics, like bards, are a full caster class, meaning they get spells at level 1, and wisdom is their spell casting ability. They start out with 3 cantrips known, but for their spells they are a prepared spellcaster, starting each day by preparing their spell list by choosing a number of spells from their entire class's spell list equal to their wisdom modifier plus their cleric level. Whenever a cleric changes their list after a long rest, they must spend 1 minute per spell level for each spell on the edited list. Clerics also get the ability to cast spells through a ritual. They can take a spell on their prepared list and cast it without using a spell slot by taking an extra 10 minutes to cast it. When it comes to spell casting, a cleric uses a holy symbol as their focus. Using a holy symbol as a spell casting focus is actually special as it doesn't require a free hand to use it unlike any other kind of focus. A holy symbol can be held, but it can also be worn visibly or inscribed on a shield. Also at level 1, a cleric makes their biggest decision. Which of the multitude of domains does the cleric follow? This is the cleric subclass decision, and clerics as of right now are tied for the most subclasses at 12, a literal dozen subclasses, ranging from life to death, nature to forge, trickery to order, and even arcana. You could have two parties of average size and still not cover all the domains. Since they pick this domain at level 1, they get a bonus, or sometimes two, from the domain they choose right away, and an expanded spell list. These spells being called domain spells, which are always prepared and count as cleric spells, even if they aren't on the cleric spell list, but they do not count towards the number of spells you can have prepared. At level 2, clerics get two of their most iconic abilities, Channel Divinity and turn on dead. The latter name might seem slightly misleading, sounding like it might turn people undead, but rather it turns away undead, driving them back. Once per long rest at the start, then twice per long rest at 6th level, and three times per long rest at 18th level, they can access the power of their deity, which is their channel divinity power. A cleric subclass gives them a specialized use of this feature, but all clerics get the turn undead feature, which burns a channel divinity use to drive away undead. Any undead within 30 feet of a cleric, when they use this ability, must make a wisdom saving throw or be turned, meaning for one minute or until they take damage, they must use their action to dash or try to escape to get away from the cleric and try to move as far away from the cleric as possible. At 5th level, Cleric's Turn Undead ability becomes much more powerful, and if a particularly weak undead, determined according to a table in the handbook, 
fails the saving throw against the cleric's turn undead. Instead of being turned, it is outright destroyed. Clerics get one last ability that isn't subclass specific at level 10, and that is Divine Intervention. Using an action, a cleric can implore their deity for assistance when their need is great, describing the assistance they seek. They then roll percentile dice, producing a number between 1 and 100. If the number is smaller than the cleric's level, the deity intervenes. Once a deity intervenes, they cannot be called again for 7 days. This is definitely almost, if not is, the only ability that does not be set on a long rest or short rest. This is the ability that gains a boost when a cleric hits level 20 though. They no longer have to roll dice to call upon their deity. When they call for divine intervention, their deity automatically intervenes but the 7 day cooldown period still exists. Clerics, due to the widely varied subclasses and the fact it is chosen right away gives the cleric so many options when it comes to their role in the party. A cleric can easily pull support with no issues and a striker position is also available to them. A spacer is a little more difficult, particularly when it comes to controlling the battlefield but a cleric can still pull it off with the right subclass. And, with particular subclasses, clerics can cover themselves in heavy armor and heal themselves, pulling a decent tank-like role as well. Cleric is very good for a one-level pull for multiclassing, as you get the subclass benefits right away. This makes cleric a class that can multiclass with almost any other class, but is also very viable on its own. That's clerics, the priests and clergymen of the D&D group. They can heal you up nicely, but also rain divine fury upon the heads of those who oppose them. They are a force to be reckoned with. Next time, we'll discuss another class who connects with something greater than themselves, but not a deity. We'll be discussing druids. Until then, stay safe out there. A banshee scream can be particularly bad, and it'll take a very powerful cleric to bring you back. I'd like to thank you for listening, and I ask you to rate us highly on whatever channel you're using to listen. If you want to follow this on Twitter, check out at the Tavern Keep, and tweet about us using hashtag Tavern Keep. If you want to support this project, other than sharing it on social media, you can check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash the Tavern Keep's Guide. I'm Ryan. And this has been the Tavern Keeps Guy. Thank you. And make sure to get the bar mates.